Hello, I'm Evan Brand, host of Not Just Paleo. Welcome back. If you are new to the show, then welcome. I run a wellness clinic across the world. I help people every single day, just like yourself, with various symptoms, anxiety, depression, mood issues, weight gain issues, people that want to lose weight and actually do it in a sustainable manner, things like that. I love what I do. I'm extremely blessed and grateful to be able to help all of you all. I love it. I love it. I love it. Today's show is with a new friend of mine, Justin Rhodes, who is a permaculture farmer and also a YouTube what do you call him? YouTuber? YouTube artist? YouTube filmmaker? He's a great guy, really fun spirit, and we had a good show talking about what he's doing on his 75-acre farm. So I hope you enjoy the show. In the meantime, visit the website, notjustpaleo.com. You can sign up for my new three-part video course all about parasites, adrenal fatigue, copper toxicity, and there's a couple of new free guides that I'm giving away inside of that course. Click the big red button on my website via mobile, computer, however you want to do it, sign up for that course, and there's no catch. So that's it, and then also check out the Calm Clarity product, the Magnesium 3 and 8 product in my store. I've been getting extremely good feedback from you all, so really appreciate it, and enjoy the show. Justin Rhodes, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, so we were just chatting off air about the internet. It's a crazy place, and this is where you and I both live the majority of our lives, and we're, yeah. we're both very blessed to do so. How did you get into farming? Like, How did this land come into existence? I think I've read you've got something 60-plus acres or so. Yeah. This land in particular, I think it's about 75 acres all combined between the family families that own it, but... This this particular land, you don't kill me, don't kill me for saying this. this is in prime area near in near Asheville, North Carolina. Grandpa bought the old house in the seventy five ish acres. Anybody want to guess? It's uh, five hundred dollars. Wow. It was, yeah. So it's paid for. We're debt free now. Uh, it was in the the Great Depression. It was in nineteen thirty two. He was making uh, five fifty dollars a month. Put put away twenty five on it a month for two years, and it was paid paid for. And so my dad uh, grew up in an era where there was no running water, electricity. If you didn't grow it, you didn't eat. Everybody farmed. And then he, my dad grew up though, and he was of that generation that forsook the farm. Okay, there was a time when everybody in America farmed and grew their own food, and then there was a time of prosperity where then it became more, it made more sense for them because they could make more money off farm. And my dad fortunately kept the land, but not the farming, except for a few hobby cows. So I've been around cows all my life, but then uh, he he so I came into it. Uh, probably because, uh, yeah, for health reasons, because we began to tr- transition to organic, uh, just slowly, you know, started with organic milk and then just moved over as we ran out of things. And my wife was pushing that namely. And then being a cheap wild that I was, and I guess am, uh, I was like, okay, I got to find a cheaper way. Here's all this land we're not using. Cause at the time when my wife and I got married, we moved into the property on a house on it. And I said, okay, well, we've got this land doing nothing. Let's grow our own food. Wow, that's amazing. That was 10 years ago. That was about 10 years ago. So so you were guarding the past 10 years then? Yeah, I've been, I've been farming for 10 years. Was it the type of permaculture that you're practicing now? Or were you just sort of dabbling? What were you doing in the beginning? It pretty much was. Uh, I had I was fortunate enough. Somehow my wife, my wife spearheaded. She was first going to run the farm. 
and she was going to run a CSA, which is a, a which is a gardening system where you grow vegetables, people pay you, and you give them the vegetables. And she picked up the book Elliot Coleman, uh, the new organic grower. So mm -hmm. I guess had organic on our mind, so we had to learn how to do organic gardening. And so from Elliot Coleman, so I say we're fortunate because we could have found any kind of gardening book, and I'm I'm happy that we found an organic practice. Elliot's really pushing it. He's growing stuff all winter long, even in Maine. And so that really piqued our interest. And from him, I think he referenced Joel Salatin or something. And Joel Fa Salatin does permaculture where he, he, you know, in the sense of the simplest sense of permaculture is where you just have everything work together as much as possible. And so Joel Salatin introduced us to encourage us with grass-fed beef. And uh, we jumped into that. And our philosophy became, we want to grow this ourselves, so let's grow a little bit more and sell it to have our seed money. And that worked great. So how many cattle do you have now? Four. That's cool. Now, and this is funny because people don't know this, but so you and I were going to connect this morning, and then you called me and left a voicemail. You said you were selling a cow this morning. So you had five? Yeah. yeah. I, well, I had four, but uh, that's a whole other story. We are selling out, and uh, I... Um, but we we have a new and, and exciting project coming up that uh, involve involves travel. But we you know we're still going to be in the homestead arena. We're st we're going we're to go and visit other homesteads and showcase pretty much the the greatest uh, farms in America. And I be I believe being in the uh, the backyards and small homesteads and people growing their own food, not necessarily the market gardens. Yeah. That's awesome. So, do you know, have a that, tour? That, do you have a tour planned already? Yeah. Oh, I mean, we don't have we don't have the stops on the tour plan. We don't have any of those details. Just announced it today in our videos. It's kind kind of a big change because everybody knows knows this first is you know we we've been homesteading have been for ten years, but we've also also had a heart for travel and now now see a time to do this. It's not going to be forever, and we are going to showcase other places. So we're not even giving up or we're not even getting out of the food movement. We're still going to be very much in it. Oh, that's and, beautiful. Tell, yeah. tell people about, about your videos. Do you call it a daily vlog at this point? Yeah, it's a daily vlog. Um, it's Justin Rhodes on YouTube, and it's what it is. It's a daily vlog. It's a video log. I mean, it's a daily journal of our life, of, of our family trying to grow our own food. Right now, we're in the 100 days, 100 days of Growing Food Challenge. That means we're trying to see how much food we can grow within 100 days, and you'll be surprised at just how much. You, we grew a year's worth of chicken in 51 days. We're, we're going to have all our own vegetables, uh, some of our own fruits. Listen, I, for the last 30 days, I just served my, my audience I asked, should I go the last 10 days or 30 days? Of course, they said I should go the last 30 days eating off the land. Now, I'm going to do it. Now, I'm going to have a little bit of cheat, so it'll be more like 90, 95%. But really, if it, if it came down to it, push and shove, really, like if you would accept the food that is in season and that is – uh, that you've grown and you'll just change your little taste buds and, <laughs> and uh, you know, you could do it. I mean, you could eat the weeds and be okay. Seriously, like everything, everything out there is almost, almost everything out there is edible. That's amazing. And I, I've looked at yeah. several of your videos and I love to see how everything around your homestead is just, it seems like almost like an organized chaos, if you will, because yeah, there's, it's a mess. there's stuff growing everywhere. I tell you, it's not. It's not. I'm never going to make Martha Stewart magazine or Organic Grower magazine. Well, it's a mess, and but it's a big experiment. A lot of it's a big experiment. A lot of it's because we've got chiddler, <laughs> we've got chiddlers, and a lot of it is because we got time. We, we and a lot of it's because we don't want to mow. 
<laughs> yep. And not because we're lazy, but because there's so much life uh, moving about, and it's so it's so good for the ecosystem and so good for our garden just to let things go, even the weeds. Like you, you know, I learned pretty early on, a couple years ago. Uh, you know, I let when I first started letting the weeds grow with the plants. You know, I've gotten now to where I can give the plant. I've got the system, man, and where I can give the plants a head start, and it doesn't matter. I can just let the weeds grow. But what happens is, what I'll give you one example. We let the weeds grow, and guess what? The Japanese beetles attacked, and Japanese beetles will also attack your plant and take it down. Well, the Japanese beetle attacked the the weeds, and that's great because they're they're occupied with the weeds. Our stuff's doing wonderful. And then we would come in there with a, a, a bucket and shake off the Japanese beetles into it and feed them to the chickens. So you see what's happening there? That's another concept of permaculture. If it, if I, you know, it, turn, it, turn, it takes a problem and turns into a solution. There are no real problems, just creative solutions, really. I love that. I mean, that's got to change your mindset on life overall when stressors come up. Does it help you? My God, yes. It's like, um, I don't know if you're going to touch on this, but, you know, we got out of the market farm because I got chronic Lyme disease. So uh, that was that that really revolutionized the way we ate. We, I mean, we got more serious. That's when we got into paleo eating because we didn't know it was Lyme disease at first. And and then we thought, you know, we thought it was muscle issues because I had muscle pain. And so we thought it was muscle imbalance. We did all kinds of crazy things, including changing our diet. But it turns out that's good for that. That way of eating is good if you have Lyme disease, but it's also good in general. So, yeah, I think it helps for sure. Wow. Did you have co-infections too or was it mainly just Lyme? Yeah, we suspected Bartonella co-infection too. So Wow. We're doing our, you know, still, I've still, we've oppressed it. I mean, we think we've gotten it oppressed and, we, you know, I, I fight it now with just low stress, healthy eating, garlic supplement. Uh, but we had tried the gamut. I mean, we even went to antibiotics and we weren't for that, but we've tried everything and we have landed on that. And we just think low, no stress, sleep when I need to, you know, with balance, we created more balance in our life. Like we were doing the market farm thing. And so we were 14 hours a day outside and then we couldn't anymore. So it had to be, uh, up to four hours outside, but that spread out, not during the heat of the day, and then coming inside and working on the business, which happens, which had to be in, in the sustainable food movement. So that that's where we're at today. Right. That's well. I hope you're hope you're feeling better. And I got some cool solutions. I mean, different herbs and stuff we can talk about. You and I can chat. Yeah. I work with a lot of different Lyme patients, so there's tons okay. of tons of progress that can still be made, like astragalus reishi mushroom yeah. stuff like that you could take that stuff forever there's no expiration date for when it's good for That's you cool. cool so do you grow stuff from seed do you start with seedlings like transplants how do you if let's say somebody's listening and they're like okay yeah. the idea of permaculture sounds great i want to start with say some pumpkins what's the most realistic way for somebody to get started and not give up Oh yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, you ask what I'm doing, and then what a beginner does to start and not give up might be different because I'm more advanced. But if if so, it, yeah, no, it's two I questions think, in okay, one. If, if somebody doesn't want, if I want to encourage somebody to grow something and not give up, get a get a pot at Lowe's. A porcelain. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's. I'm not thinking of the right word. But get just get a a, plant, a huge plant pot at Lowe's or Home Depot, somewhere like that. Get you some potting soil there or buy some compost there. Uh, buy a, a, a one tomato plant that's already grown. It's already like four or five inches tall. 
and uh, keep that inside and then uh, put it outside during the day if you're at home or whatever. Grow it on your patio, somewhere like that. Put it on the dock deck where there's full sun and there you go. Put a, uh, put a, a pole in it and grow that one tomato plant or put lettuce in it or something. Grow, grow that one thing and then you're going to have a list longer than you'll ever accomplish of all the things you want to grow. So get you a little bit of success with one <laughs> with one plant and the list goes up from there. Now if you're gonna if you're gonna do a, a no fail system that I've developed that's so cool and, and totally uses all these permacultures, what you're gonna do is you're gonna start a, you're gonna start several seeds in what you call soil blocks. Okay, this no plastic. You create these soil blocks. You plant your seeds in these soil blocks. You put them in the greenhouse. You water them every day, and you just make. I, man, I built this huge greenhouse just from scraps. I didn't pay a cent for it. You know, just just windows, plastic, uh, and just some scrap lumber. It can totally be done easy, and it doesn't take that much. And then while after I planted those seeds, I go ahead and put my chickens. Either if you're on a small area, maybe you have a little chicken tractor that you can keep your chickens in. It's just like a pen with a roof and they can't get out and you can leave them in that. Put that over an area where you want a garden. Okay. Or if you're on a bigger scale, you could get an electric poultry net and that's a mobile net that you can put up, let's say 1,200 square feet or something. Put that over where you want a garden. In that case, 24 chickens or so. In the smaller case where it's a chicken tractor, just four or six. But let's go with the poultry net because that's what I use. Let's say 24 to 30 chickens in there. While your seed is growing, your chickens are tilling because they scratch all day long. They want to work from dawn to dusk and they naturally scratch the soil. What they're doing is tilling that sod. So they're getting rid of the grass for you. But what they're also doing is manuring. Okay? And I won't get into this too much here, but you could also get in the system where the chickens are actually building your compost in place where you're going to need it. But let's forget it. Let's say you're not even going to do that. So you're going to have your chickens till and fertilize. They do that automatically. So when your plant is about four to six weeks old that was growing in the greenhouse, when your plants are about that age, your sod is gone. Like the chickens have tilled. They've eaten the weeds. They've eaten the harmful bugs. They've done all that. You move the chickens out and you take your little shovel a little spade hand shovel, and you dig your little, you, 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 you mark out where you want your plants, and you dig your little hole and plant your plants, and you walk away and you don't come back till harvest. Wow. Because those plants have got a head start, they've got the fertilization, they've been tilled down, it's been tilled down by the chickens. Those plants have the head start of any weed. If the weeds grow, that's okay, because your plant is so far ahead of it, it's eventually going to shade it out, and it's not going to matter. And once it's done, you bring your chickens back in. Once you've come in and you've harvested your stuff, you've remembered to harvest. That's my biggest problem. i got to remember to go out and harvest. It's just that easy. It's just that low maintenance. And by the way, you could do that in about an hour. You could move your chickens, plant the stuff. We've done it as a family. Move the chickens, plant the garden in about maybe two hours. And that's, that's 1,200 square feet of garden. Like that's, that's a lot of food. That's hundreds of pounds of food. That's amazing. So all the people that are making perfect rows and they're buying all these fancy equipments and different covers and netting for their stuff, generally that's overkill and they don't need to do that and it's not effective or efficient whatsoever. Yeah, especially tilling. Like no way. Like that that tears up the the, the beneficial microbes in the soil. There's so much life in there you would be blown away. And it's killing that life. It's also bringing up the seed bank. There's there's a seed bank everywhere, and it's bringing up seeds, weed seeds that are in the ground and exposing them to water and air. And you're going to have more seeds than you you imagine. And so even if 
if you don't have chickens, man, you instead, let's say you don't have chickens. Well, instead of putting the chickens in that area, you want the garden while that while those seeds are there. Put put a little bit of cardboard. Put put a layer of cardboard over the grass where you want a garden, and then dump a lot of carbon material on top of that. Carbon material is like leaves, and leaves are bountiful in the fall. Everybody's throwing away their leaves in the fall. This is this never ceases to blow my mind. You'll see people throwing away their leaves in the fall, and then you'll see the. I saw it. I saw it one year. I promise you. I went by. It was this church building. The the guy was out there raking up the leaves and the next spring same church building they were spraying fertilizer it's like you just in the fall you removed all of nature's fertilizer <laughs> isn't that insane so, and, anyway. and in most cases they're paying people to come remove these leaves yes, or they're paying they are. Ha- however much money for those uh, big bags yep. that they put the leaves in yep so you go in the fall and grab all those bags Yep. Of other people who have done all the work for you, you just go grab those bags of leaves. Okay, so we take the cardboard, <laughs> we, we put it on the grass, yeah. so we put all the, the cardboard. leaves. I mean, this is the simplest solution. And if you're a small garden, get your cardboard, put it down, then then get some, go buy some compost uh, if you haven't made it. And then no problem in not making it. It can be pretty tricky. Just go buy it. It's going to be more efficient. You have a job. Go work your job. I'm telling you the easiest way to do it. And uh, put some... Um, so two or three, four inches of compost on this area, and then put, if you're going to plant it right away, put in four or five inches of uh, leaves. If you're going to plant it next, see, you know, if you do this in the fall and you're going to plant it in the spring, put foot and a half on there, leaves, because it'll decompose over the winter. And then wet it all down. And if you're, if you want to plant right then, you, you know, and then you're, then, then in four weeks, five weeks, you're planting that little greenhouse is ready to go. You just dig down through that mulch. And plant into compost, and you're golden. Okay, well, you might have to pierce the cardboard, depending on if it's broke down or not, and plant down into the soil, and put a little compost down in there with it. But that's it. Wow. So you leave the cardboard there. Yeah, you leave the car. The cardboard is a weed barrier. Okay, if those, if that grass and that sod underneath there gets any light, you, your grass, you, it'll come back. The grass will come back. You got to put that uh, that weed barrier down, and that gra- that cardboard. Why I say cardboard? It's, it's prevalent. You can go to Pier One. Pier One kills it for, for like glorious clean cardboard, like huge pieces of cardboard. You could do a whole garden with one piece of fridge cardboard. You know, yeah. one piece of couch cardboard box. You know what I'm saying? So just go back to the Pier One, back to, to the back of Pier One or somewhere like that. And get you some cardboard. And it decomposes over time. And the worms just love it underneath there. It stays moist. It helps the plants stay moist. And the worms are good. The worms aerate the soil. They drop their uh, castings, which is a nice way to stay in poop. And uh, they just feed and aerate the soil, which helps the plants grow. So it sounds like, is this even more effective than like the wood chip method? Because I've seen Dr. Mercola talk about how he does that. He'll call companies over to drop dump trucks full of wood chips. And he calls that the best no tilling method also. Well, yeah, if you can get wood chips, heck yes. I mean, the reason I mentioned leaves is because they're the easiest to come by. In the fall, you can just go collect them. Totally. You got a minivan, you can just go bag them up. If you've got a source of wood I use wood chips. I'm with McCola. I have a great source. I call up my town of Fletcher, and they're happy to deliver it because guess what? They're going around to the city, and these the city people are throwing out their uh, their their tree branches and stuff and running it, and, and uh, the, the city goes through and chips it. And they they love to dump it on me. I took a I took a hundred loads one year, and to thank me, they dropped off two dump truck loads of firewood. <laughs> so oh my like gosh! Another man's treasure is another man's uh, trash, I guess. 
Wow, that's amazing. So in that case, I'll take all the wood chips I can get. And you could use wood chips instead of leaves. Or if you've got people listening all over the world, whatever the heck you can come by uh, that's brown material like that. Uh, uh, maybe it's hay. Maybe it's uh, hay can be pretty easy to come by, like spoiled hay. Sometimes you can get that for free on Craigslist or something. That's that's amazing. Uh, if you have to buy something, you could buy straw. You know, be weary if you're organic because uh, straw these days is is a, is the byproduct of wheat and it's heavily sprayed and per- pesticided. One reason wood chips is good is because you don't want to you, you want to be careful with other people's grass clippings too because people spray the crap out of it. Remember, they remove the leaves. Yep. The cool thing about the tree with the leaves. And the wood chips is that people generally haven't found a way to spray the crap out of their trees. And generally, the trees don't need it because they have a natural layer of deep mulch at the bottom. That's why the forest thrives because we're having a deep, we have deep mulch at the bottom. What? The leaves come down in the fall. See, all I'm doing is mimicking nature, mimicking what I see in the forest. That's what permaculture teaches me to do and putting it into my garden. And it works beautifully. Why do we have to reinvent something that uh, nature's already doing? We're just saying, that's a good idea, Mother Nature. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy that. <laughs> what about like the cardboard? You're saying most of the time it's going to be pretty plain. So you're not thinking of like a bunch of inks and chemicals and stuff like that on the well, cardboard. Is that minimal concern? It, it is because if you, you do have... Have, uh, there's different opinions on that, and I think with the cardboard, it's usually soy-based ink, so it's some sort of food. Yeah, and then it's a food-based ink. You got to rip off the tape. That's never decomposed. They they say there's some toxins in the glue in the process of putting the cardboard, and I guess I believe them. But who, but it's hard to come by an absolute perfect system these days. It seems like we're surrounded by toxins, but that's why. I am so excited about the system I've developed with chickens and starting plants in that you have the chickens tilling, you're, you're starting the plants, and then you don't need the cardboard. Yeah, that's the best way it sounds like. Yeah, because uh, they've, they've tilled it enough that you don't even have to put that weed barrier down because there's not enough weeds to come back and combat them. Unfortunately, if you're going into sod and you don't have chickens, you're going to have to put some cardboard down. You can't just mow it and then plant a transplant because – even then, your sod's going to come back faster than that transplant. You got to, but you know what you could do? You could put. I mean, this is trading evils for evils. I mean, you could put down a, a plastic uh, tarp, but so you could reuse that tarp. I know plastic doesn't go away for 450 years, but you could put that plastic down and and let it kill the sod underneath, and then pull that plastic up and plant your starts into that. But I would, I would definitely, in either case, whether you're using chickens or that method I just told you there, you got to cover that ground because mother nature, she's modest. She wants to cover herself up. That's why these, that's where these weeds are coming from. And if you don't, if you don't cover her up, she's going to cover her up herself up. And it tends to be something we don't like to look at or we don't like to use. So let's cover her with the clothing we like to see and eat. Essentially, so you you with that bare ground, you need to put down some sort of mulch, yeah, and that needs to be hay or wood chips or leaves or something because she doesn't she doesn't like to be naked. Yep, agreed. That's a great analogy. Yeah, it's amazing to look at all the front yards just in my neighborhood, and no one there's only one person that I've seen within probably a five mile square radius that's growing food at all, and there's one guy growing it in his front yard. How much longer, nice. and and maybe maybe this will never happen, but how much longer in terms of timeline is this 
permaculture movement, how long will this take for the average person to do this intensive style of, of growing food? It's going to take a crisis in that individual's life or a major crisis in everyone's lives. Agreed. An economic, uh, you know, oil prices getting too, too high to be, you know, economically feasible. Something like that because uh, I say that because so many people have come to it in that manner. Almost at a, you've hit the, you've, you've come to a crevice and you've fallen off. Whether it be illness in my case where I had to find something. I found permaculture because I was on a path of healthier eating, but I was also on a path of, I still want to grow stuff, but it's got to be easier. <laughs> right. So uh, people are going to have a health crisis, uh, or we as a group are going to have an economic crisis, and we're going to be like, we have to do things different. We're losing our soil. Uh, we can, you know, we can't keep growing things like we we're doing it. And, you know, people say, can you feed the world with this way? Well, that's going to be the only way we're going to be able to feed the world. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, we're coming up on what a hundred years almost since the warning about soil quality. What was that back in the thirties? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And see what permaculture does is it doesn't leave the land worse than we found it. The way we're farming and growing stuff now, it's worse than when we found it. We're polluting the water, we're polluting the soil. And with permaculture though, when a permaculture when a permaculturist leaves the site, it's better than it was. Exactly, and it really doesn't take that long. It's very encouraging. Uh, it's really it really doesn't take that long to build something back up. So if someone says, "Well, oh man, he got seventy five acres, etc." I can't do this. How much land would somebody need to even provide a modest amount of food? Maybe even twenty percent of their food. How much space are we really talking if we're planting intensively and intelligently? Uh, twelve. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty four hundred square feet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're talking twenty percent, and that may be for a season, that might be like for summer. Uh, most of my audience, it, it, this I might preach this. This is like I think a lot of people think homesteader and growing your own food. You got to be like just off grid. You're you know growing it most of it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna get the cat out of the bag. That's not most people. Most people have a job. They have very little time. They have very little space. Most of my audience, and I'm like teaching homesteading, is on less than an acre, easy. Half of my audience is only got a yard, like a suburbia, and 25% of them got nothing. You can you can do it, man. There's community gardens. Uh, like you said, if you, you wanted to go bigger, you got neighbors, and there's there's a farmer in Canada, Curtis Stone. He, he's farming. Like he's farming vegetables using it down in the urban, urban setting – just farming other people's yards. He doesn't even own land. Wow. Okay. So if you don't own land, your neighbor does. Okay. And if you're in the city, you can do container gardens and you can do aquaponics. You can, it's phenomenal what you can grow inside now. Fish and plants working together inside. You could go grow quail inside if you're daring. Uh, you could grow chicken in your garage with uh, some sort of some 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 sort of pen like rabbit hutch or something like that. It's crazy. There's really there's really no excuse. I mean, even in a backyard, you could grow rabbits. Rabbits are five times the more protein in the amount of time and eat way more grass uh, than chickens. For your bang for your buck, it's rabbit. You got a quick turnaround. They're cute. Neighbors aren't going to complain. They don't make any noise. That's what I'm saying. You just got to get used to the. But we aren't used to eating rabbit. So we got to come to a point where 
we're going to accept these things. I mean, when I had my per- first permaculture teacher out here, he came and consulted me. He, was, uh, he, he tried to pitch gerbils on me or something, or grasshoppers. I think grasshoppers you can get the mo- are the most efficient pound-for-pound pound source of protein that you could farm. <laughs> Did you go for it? No, I didn't go for it. I've got a wife, man. Yeah, understood. Yeah, so my wife and I, we're renting now, and we looked in the contract. We're unable to do any type of modifications to the yard so what i've done for this year this season at least i've just thrown up several different raised beds like the big fabric beds yeah through some a little bit of some organic soil that i found in there and i got sweet potatoes and strawberries and some broccoli so i'm doing what i can and it's it's addicting it really is yeah that's what you got to do you got to do what you can and people are hiding behind an excuse uh, analysis paralysis, or you know, they're deep down they really don't want to do it because you got to do what you can. I mean, if it's a contain, do it if it's a container garden because if you're not going to do it in one square foot, you're not going to do it on uh, one square acre. Right. So you don't have to come up with this perfect fantasy that has to take place before you're going to start doing it. Well, I have to get X amount of land, this off grid resort. No, no. It, that that's pretty unrealistic. You're saying that's basically preventing people, if they even are interested, maybe they're not interested, but if they are interested, that's preventing them from doing anything at all. Yeah, I, I tackled in what we started to grow was what our what our what was our biggest grocery bill or better worded, what do we like and eat the most of? See what can be grown in your area, in your space that you like the most of. Maybe you like eating chicken, but you don't have enough room for chicken. So let's pipe it down, and maybe you like to have a chicken salad, a cold chicken on a salad. So just grow the lettuce and go buy the chicken at Whole Foods or from the local farm or something. And be happy with that, too, because we we, we, we can support the community. I'm not about being 100% self-sufficient. I don't think that's going to happen unless we have a community around us who are also growing things. And so you grow your lettuce and be the best dang lettuce grower in your Town. Learn how to grow it inside under lights, you know, yep. during the winter. You know, just get good at that. Don't make up any more excuses. Just grow yourself a salad. <laughs> what what percent are you right now in terms of providing food, or where do you try to aim to, to hover around? Uh, 50% at least. And we're that, that's where we're at uh, in the summer, easy. Now, remember, we're coming back from an illness where we almost shut down the farm, but we're making a comeback at the Homestead Arena. We were in the. Uh, the market arena and now we've come back to the homestead but man listen i'm the last 30 days of this challenge this 100 day challenge i'm being off the land i'm going to supplement with amendments and salt and pepper and i think i'll do dairy supplements like you know i'll put a little you know a little uh cream in my tea or something that i've made from peppermint that i've grown on the land uh really and if i if i was to get hardcore and not put salt and pepper or butter on butter on the fried fry the eggs and butter you could totally still do it i mean so it's just bad how bad do you want it i mean and even somebody with a decent amount of acreage could literally eat the weeds (laughs) almost everything out there is edible so i'm serious so it's it's really up in your mind like my permaculture first permaculture teach me also told me your biggest objection is between your two ears it's your own creativity and your own acceptance of things like we're not willing to eat the grasshoppers and the weeds but we could, but in a reasonable basis, have a reasonable dinner. I'm going to have chicken and squash and all these familiar things and, and cucumbers, uh, 90%. And that's in 100 days, man. I know. It's it's insane. People, 
people listening, go check out Justin's channel on YouTube. Type in Justin Rhodes, R-H-O-E-D-S. Type in his channel, and you will get addicted to the videos. I've just subscribed to the channel, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of this. And I love the idea of 100 days of food. I'm sure the answer is yes. When your 100 days is up, we can expect more video content from you, correct? Heck yes. Awesome. Every day. Cool. Well, we're running out of time. Tell people about your website. We'll send them back to it, abundantpermaculture.com. You also made a film, a full-length film, about this whole lifestyle. So tell people about that, your website, and your other resources. Thanks. Yeah, and I got some gifts for them if they'll go. Go to my website, abundantpermaculture.com. Join my email list. It's right up there on top. I believe it's a green button. Get on there and you'll get all kinds of free stuff. I'll give you a free video series on how it ends up being 40 minutes long. It's how to grow your own chickens, which chickens are a centerpiece of a time-stretched homestead, whether it's your backyard or on homestead. And then I give you the links to my vlog, of course. And every Friday, I send you five of the coolest stuff I found to inspire the the sustainable lifestyle and all kinds of cool gifts in there. Well worth it. Oh, I'll give you all the articles. Uh, and of course, you'll eventually find out about uh, my course that I'm launching about uh, for homesteaders. It's called the 10 hour, uh, 10 hour homestead, and it's exactly what it is. Yeah, everybody has all you have an hour a day because you're at work, but you do have an hour to you want to you you kind of want to do this. You want to go home in the evening. And you, instead of going to the gym, how about growing your own food? How about going to Earth's gym? You need a little bit of workout, so how about making growing your own food that workout, and then you're going to get all this delicious food. And so if you can come in an hour a day during the week and, may, and stretch some, somewhere on the weekend five hours, that's a 10-hour, and I'm telling you, you can do that. You can grow 50, 51% of your food or more. That's great. And that's, it sounds a lot better than going to the gym and breathing in people's perfume and Axe deodorant. Yes, it's so much better because you're knocking out two birds with one stone and it's fresh air and just have fun with it. Call everything the feature and then it's not that bad. Like when I muck stalls, this is the pitchforking feature at Earth's Gym. And uh, we were what we were doing the other day, I forget, but it, just call it the – oh, it was the soil block feature. We were making soil blocks. And so and, – and if I have to move the chickshaw or something – chickshaw is the mobile coop I have my birds in. It's kind, kind of heavy and I move it around every once in a while. Well, that's the, that's the chickshaw feature. And just think about the muscles it's working out. And what you're then going to find out is, hey, you don't mind pitchforking. Hey, if this is what I'm doing instead of the gym, you know, I'm going to maybe switch hands and maybe I'm going to work on my form a little bit to kind of work this muscle and that muscle. And seriously, like you're burning calories, it's a good uh, aerobic exercise most of the time. It keeps that heart rate low, but elevated enough that it's a good healthy level to be at. And it's just a wonderful form. You get enough of anaerobic too that you get those bursts. But it comes naturally too. It's not like this super I have to think about this and it's not this unnatural treadmill position or something like that. It's to, we're, our bodies are made to move. You know that. I know that. I'm, I'm preaching far here. Agreed. You sure are. Well, <laughs> well, Justin, thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to talking with you in the future again. This is real fun. And I'm going I'm going through Asheville. I'm going to meet up with a buddy. So we'll have to figure out how far you are away. I may make a stop by and do a video with yeah, you or something. I'm 30 minutes from Asheville. Come on. I'll pick on you. I love to pick on you. know, Get the guests here. Uh, everybody loves to see guests on the farm. We'll put you to work doing something. That sounds good. <laughs> we take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Justin. He's a great guy. I watch his videos now and just laugh. He makes the idea of providing your own food fun and not just a sweaty hassle. I, myself, I just upgraded my garden today. 
I had these little baby bunny rabbits that were jumping through the fence that I had put around the raised beds that I have. And so I went upgraded and got this real small, I think it was called, I can't remember what it was called now, some type of very, very small little squares of a fence now. So there's nothing getting in there. It's the Fort Knox of gardens now. So hopefully I'll be able to continue growing and producing some good food this year. In the meantime, if you want to schedule that 15-minute free call with myself, chat with me about your health symptoms, your health goals, I'd love to. You can do that back at the website, notjustpaleo.com. Also, if you've not signed up for the newsletter already, when you visit my website, which you need to, as soon as you sign up at the home page there, you'll click the button that says Get Started. I have a three-part video course that I just released. It's on parasites, adrenal issues, copper toxicity issues. It's a three-part video series, and I have a couple new guides that you get for free once you sign up at my website. Just go to the home page, click the big red button when you get there, and that's it. You can watch the videos. Take care. Talk soon. Bye-bye. He acts like it's all good, yeah, like everything's cool. Kiss a girl good night and never leaves her. She doesn't have a clue that he's never been close. Why I'm in the tire, got to watch out, girl. Don't wanna see her by her eyes out, girl. Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting.